This is the One Bottle at a Time podcast, and I am Ronald Dorsey. We're here today at the Morel Wine Bar and also a wine store located in uh, Rockefeller Center, mm-hmm. New York City. Uh, for those of you uh, not familiar with New York City, it's uh, you've probably seen it on uh, television where they have the uh, ice skating rink mm-hmm. and uh, the famous Christmas tree right in that right in that promenade area is uh, where they are located. And uh, they have uh, very fine products here, very uh, excellent service. Today we're with uh, Andres Garrett, who's the uh, sommelier uh, with uh, Morel. And uh, we're enjoying a uh, nice afternoon here with the bottle of uh, champagne. Andres, if you could uh, tell our audience the, uh, the maker of the champagne we're enjoying today. Yeah, absolutely. So today, uh, this is one of our selections that we pour by the glass. It is uh, Serge Galois. Blanc de Blanc, uh, his premier crew. Okay. Um, so 100% Chardonnay. It's got a nice mineral quality to it. Really nice brioche, fine bubbles, just a really full textured champagne. Something okay. that I really like to enjoy to start off the meal with. All right. Wonderful. 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 So can, uh, we can start the pour here. Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll get into a little bit of your... Uh... Excuse the pop. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the sound. Yeah. That's all part of the sound. Do you get to drink a lot of champagne? Okay, that looks that looks good. Okay, how is it? How is it? Is it nose? It's wonderful bright. nose, really wonderful, bright, bright yeah. smell. Okay. Yeah. All right, so here's to uh, your maiden, uh, maiden voyage on one bottle at a time, and I'm sure we'll get to do it today, do it again. Yeah. So we can start by uh, giving our audience a little bit of uh, your journey sure. as a uh, sommelier and a person that uh, is also a, uh, a wine lover. So give us a little, a little journey on how you started, uh, beginning with, uh, I guess, your first taste of wine or your first uh, wine experience that really blew you away yeah and took you where you are now yeah absolutely so I guess I've been I've only been in the industry for six years now Um, I started in Richmond Virginia I was uh, trying to get into nursing school with no avail it was going a little bit rough but I was just starting to bartend at this restaurant And I really fell in love with it. And then I started bartending at the beginning of the summer. And then by the end of the summer, I was like full-time bartender, managing the restaurant and like creating cocktails. And I was like, this is fun. (laughs) (laughs) So I did that for about two years at that restaurant and eventually was a bar manager for that restaurant and then assisted with one of their sister restaurants. Okay. Um, I moved up to... um, a more concentrated cocktail bar after that called Brenner Pass in Richmond, Virginia. It's amazing. They hold a really special place in my heart. Okay. And I'd say like that is when I really fell into wine. Mm. Um, as we were an alpine bar, so we didn't get to use tequila or passion fruit or so much like pineapple and those right. ingredients. We did have it in some, but they were like sneaky tiki drinks. Right, right. And so I had to really learn how to make drinks using wine and mm. Amaro. And mm. the base of most Amari is, wine, is grapes. And so um, you'll find that 
it just makes for a more complex cocktail and mm. I've just really enjoyed it and in that process while I was working there I was studying to take my certified psalm exam through the court of master sommeliers wow um, it was a really cool experience it was eight months of constant anxiety <laughs> um, lots of drinking of wine right, but right. I developed some really good friendships in that time and Actually, the person that I studied with, after I passed my exam, a month later she passed hers, and so cheers to her. Wow. Um, we had a really fun tasting group. It involved us going to a Total Wine and More, giving them our credit card and saying, don't spend over $100 on two bottles. Right, right. We need to not know what it is. Right, okay. And, um, and so the, I, just, I just really cared for her. I, I just thought it was like a, a really fun experience. It's mm. always... It, it always creates camaraderie. I mean, we're drinking wine right now, right, right. hanging out, talking exactly, on a podcast. Right, right. So, like, <laughs> why not? I enjoy being around people, and I think that this is what, like, drives me to be uh, a psalm. Um, and then, I guess, to the one wine that really, like, solidified it for me, mm. uh, uh, Domaine Tolin uh, Enfer de Avier. Okay. Uh, his Petit Rouge. All it's right. made in this northern area, uh, the Valdosa in Italy. Mm. Um, it kind of grows in this, um, how do you say, a, uh, oh my gosh, it's a amphitheater. And mm. there the sun reflects off, allowing the grapes to have like a, uh, live in this really warm microclimate. Wow. And wow. they get to their full maturity and their full potential. And it's just like peppery and jammy and just like easy to drink. Mm. And for me, like, that's what I want. I don't... I don't like wines that are so complex that you have to like sit there and wait and wait. Right, I like right. a drink that's I like a right. wine that's ready to go, mm. ready to drink. Let's mm. do it. Right. Um, not to say that old wines aren't good, but right. I like something that's ready. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. wonderful. That yeah. that sounds good. So now, uh, since we're in Italy here, are there any other particular uh, varietals uh, in Italy that that you prefer? Are you a let's say a, a Barolo fan or a uh, 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 Alianico fan, a Sangiovese fan, or any, any other particular uh, Italian wines that you that you prefer, or you recommend to uh, some of your your guests that come here? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, I love Brunello de Montalcino. It's just mm. a really nice. Um, it's a thicker-bodied grape. It's got really nice tannin, but finesse on the finish, and I think that's like a really exciting. Um, thing to drink, mm. uh, especially with dinner. Like, it's a very food-friendly wine, and mm. I think that a lot of people can get uh, a really good enjoyment out of it. And some of them can go up in price, but you can really find some nice examples that don't that won't cost you an arm and a right, leg. Right, right. Um, I was, it's funny, actually, when I did my stage here, I went, Anna had some friends come over. A friend from Del Posto was here, and we got to try um, Soldera 24, uh, sorry, 2006, Soldera, mm -hmm. um, Casa Bassa, mm -hmm. um, really great uh, Brunello Montalcino producer, probably one of the best, and had I not been here that day, I probably would never tried it. It's just a very historic wine, and actually, unfortunately, this year, the uh, this last year, the producer uh, in 2019 at the beginning, the producer passed away. Mm. Um, rest in peace. Mm. Um, however, the wines sing; they're beautiful, and they just like they're they're a thinking wine too. Right, right, but right. like just something that's really fun. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, 
That, and then like Nebbiolo from uh, the north right. in um, Barolo. Right. Yeah. Right. So, the, Pied- the Piedmont. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. The Piedmont. Right. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no problem. That's... Just a little nervous this oh, first no time doing this. It's okay. It's... Um, but yeah, I really enjoy those um, just really nice, um, the delicate flavors, those floral aromas that come out, mm. that little bit of tar and mm. that like heightened acidity is just something that like mm. really brings the wine together. Now with the Barolo, did you, uh, I guess your first Barolo, because this is my experience with my first Barolo, the thing that really knocked me out was the the silkiness of the tannins, the, the mouthfeel yeah. of the Barolo. Was that something that was immediate to you on your, your first Barolo? Or? So I actually, the first Nebbiolo I had was a Gattinara, okay. uh, Gattinara Pietro. So actually coming further north, right. um, out of the Piedmont now, but um, still a really beautiful wine. Okay. And from there, I got more florality and okay. that silkiness that you're talking mm. about. But like Ilia Altare, their wines do have that nice silky finesse. And I think it's because their new style of the way they make their wine by aging it in a new oak, get, allowing the wine to calm down instead right. of waiting 50 years to drink a right, Barolo. Right, right, right. <laughs> I can't wait that long. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now tell us how you, uh, uh, what steps you went through or what uh, serendipitous, uh, I guess, uh, meetings or interactions you had with people that led you to uh, be here at Morel today in New York City. So from, from Richmond to New York City, how did you, uh, you know, kind of make your way f- from Richmond to New York City and, and particularly here at uh, Morel? Yeah, sure. So I, I guess it all started this last summer because um, I just, I've only been in New York for nine months now. Wow. So okay. I'm a brand new transplant to the city. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is like year one and I'm doing it and I feel really good about it. But um, this last summer, I went to this uh, whiskey camp in Kentucky, or bourbon camp in Kentucky, called okay. Camp Runamuck. Right. And there, they really taught us a lot about our self-worth as professionals and in the bartending field. But that doesn't just translate from bartending. It goes further into just general hospitality. We right, work right. in hospitality. Right, right. And we just work in a specific sect of hospitality, mm. whereas beverage and food... Um, and I just told myself, I was like, I want to be a SOM. I'm going to go be a SOM <laughs> in New York or maybe San Francisco. Right. And so I applied at both places and um, I ended up doing a small stint at the clock tower mm. in Madison Park. I was a server there. Okay. Um, and it was a really wonderful experience. I learned a lot from the team there. They were very very gracious. Mm. Um, I got to try a lot of really fun wines while I was there. I just wanted to move in the Somme direction. I came Mm. to New York. I'm happy it brought me here, but I really wanted to continue moving the Somme direction. Mm. And even while I was there, I did work close with the Somme team to develop and just keep honing my skills. Um, And it's it's a constant thing. Every morning, the first thing I do when I wake up is I pick a region and I spend two hours like breaking it apart and Mm. kind of figuring it out and trying to figure out a way how I can use that for the evening to go into work and share these wine with these people. Wow. Wow. Um, So yeah, so I started working the clock tower. I, one morning I was like applying for some SOM positions and I saw that Morel was here and I did a little research on them. I love the name personally. It reminds Mm. me of, uh, 
morel mushrooms. Right, right. <laughs> uh, no association. But, um, and I saw their immense by the glass list. And mm. to me, that's something that's so exciting. You have so much to give our guests. Mm. Like, there are, we have over 95 options right now by the glass. Wow. And I wow. think that can give anyone a chance to try to find what they're looking for. Mm. Um, and so I got in contact with uh, Anna Cabrales, Anna Cristina Cabrales, our wine director here. And we spoke, I came and did my first stage. It was a health inspection day. So <laughs> she had to take care of that. And I ended up working the floor um, by myself. And that was really exciting. And the, the team here is, it's a really strong team. Mm. They, they work hard and and we we push every day to make sure that the guest comes first. Right, that's okay. our that's our biggest thing. Right. Here. So now you said one of the things that you do is uh, in the morning you'll you'll pick a particular region. Yeah. And kind of go through that. So let's 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 look at today. Okay. So today, what uh, what region when you when you woke up and you decided to kind of browse around? What region did you kind of look at and and, and uh, break it up into? Yeah, sure. So I was actually going back and reading on, uh, at, well, in southern Spain, Jerez de la Frontera, uh, where they're making sherry. Mm. I absolutely love sherry. Mm. Um, so uh, Baramera, um, Sanlúcar, and then Jerez form a triangle where sherry is produced. Mm. And the main grape that they're using, uh, main two grapes that they're using for that are Palomino Fino, and um, Pedro Jimenez. And I love um, a nice just fino sherry, just mm. very young, um, straight to the point, a good amount of alcohol, nice salinity on the finish, and just like a, a nutty flavor, like mm. a walnut or hazelnut flavor to mm. it. Just something that's really cool. Um, I was actually looking at pictures of soil for like an hour right, and a half right. just because wow. it's so beautiful. Mm, mm. Um, so I guess like a lot of the time it's just like visually seeing and kind of getting an idea of that. Mm. Today was a maps day for me. Okay, yeah. okay good, yeah, good. Yeah. good. Okay, so now in your capacity as a psalm, uh, obviously one of the things that you do is uh, help the guests. Yeah. Uh, in their wine selection and uh, perhaps uh, pairing with uh, with the food mm -hmm. and or the cheese yeah. and uh, maybe a main course or, or even a dessert. Yeah. So uh, I want you to help me out. I'm sure. going to be uh, I'm going to play two different people. Okay. So the first person I'm going to be a person that is a not a wine drinker. Sure. And I'm hanging out with my friends and they're trying to they're trying to introduce me to wine. They're trying yeah. to show me uh, you know to, to find the things in life, broaden my experiences and. Sure. Uh, and up to this point, I've just had kind of like maybe some, you know, some not too good cheap stuff hanging out with my friends. Sure. And when I drank that wine, I, I, I kind of said to myself, ah, I don't like wine. It gives me a headache. This sure. Is, this is cheap stuff. So I'm that guy coming yeah. into Morel and, and I'm seated. And uh, what you're going to do is you're going to introduce me. My friends are saying, can you please give this guy a good wine so that he can understand yeah. that wine is something that's really nice. Yeah. So as a, uh, as a beginner, what would you uh, recommend? What would you give that particular person to, 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 uh, to try? Yeah. Well, for me, the first thing that I always want to drink when I start a meal is just something light and refreshing, mm. something to just get your palate going. That way you have a second to like 
take in everything that's going on. Like, for instance, this Serge Galois, it's a pretty dry wine. The right. bubbles are nice. You kind of want to keep going back to it just because the flavor's there. It's dependable. Mm. Um, I think Champagne is always a great place to start. Any type of sparkling wine is a great place to start. It's mm. just, it's, uh, except for vintage, uh, maybe not so much vintage Champagne, because that's a really expensive start. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Right, okay. Um, but honestly, for me, I, I, right now we have this wine that's by the glass. It's something special that we brought in. I Normally, we only sell it by the bottle, but right now we're doing it by the glass. It's Flavian Noack's La okay. Tuilerie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful Blanc de Blanc champagne, um, similar in, uh, in style to this. Um, a bit more clean and lean of a wine, racier acidity. Mm-hmm. And the first time I drank it, it brought me back to when I was a little kid and I'd go back to Costa Rica for the summers to visit my family mm. um, and drink and eating um, underripe mangoes with salt and lime juice. Mm. And it just like, it just gives me that feeling like mm. a little bit of mango skin and just like a clean, like fresh, like crusty Cuban bread, maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know, something like that. And okay. just gentle bubbles that really just like play into the wine and just they make you feel calm right right yeah right. and that's what i want to drink what i i mean that's okay. what i think people should drink start Champagne out okay is the best way to so start now it, so as the neophyte what would you uh what would you give me along the lines of a red of a red of a red yeah what would you kind of want to introduce me along the lines of a red yeah absolutely let's see um ooh, why don't we just go to that's too Ooh, perfect. The No Fine Print Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. Uh, so really cool wine coming from Napa Valley. The bottle looks insane. It's just It just says No Fine Print, 100% Cabernet, <laughs> right, Napa right. Valley, okay. and 20, uh, 2018 on the bottle. Okay. So it's just straight mm-hmm. into the point. Mm-hmm. It's They've aged it in um, just used barrels. Mm. Um, it's a younger grapevines mm. of Cabernet, so it's just a juicier wine, easier to drink, straight to the point, but still complex enough that if you wanted to like get into the wine, you definitely could. As the grapes are just coming from, they can come from all over Napa. It's just mm. when a bottle is listed like that as Napa Valley, mm. technically the, wine, the grapes can be picked from anywhere in Napa. Mm. And I think this wine is really fun. Many people really enjoy this red here. Mm. It's definitely one of our top sellers, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So now I'm gonna uh, switch gears, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the, uh, the guy from, one of the big, uh, wine publications. Sure. And um, you know, one of the ones, one of these uh, publications that they're known for assigning scores and. You know, and, and they're well respected. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm taking my seat. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm sweating I'm, in I'm, the corner. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm very snobbish, very snobbish. And uh, I've got uh, I got my fine lady with me here for mm-hmm. dinner. And, and uh, you know, let's let's check out these Morel people. I heard they're pretty good. You know, yeah. they're in Rockefeller Center and, and they have a very good selection. And the store is really nice. And let's see if the sign is up, up to the task, if he's on yeah. his toes. So. Let's see what he, what he can, what he can, uh, he can surprise us with that old. You know what? If he gives me something that's not quite a B or a C plus, I just, I'm just gonna have him take it back. So yeah, so okay. I'm, I'm that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So 
a hardball. Right, yeah, I'm a hardball. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so and I'm enjoying my meal and uh, you know and I and I'm looking for a good a good red. A good red. A good red. Maybe uh. Uh, something uh, ten years old. Oh, okay. Or older. Okay. And uh, that, that's what I'm looking for, something nice. So, and, and I'm asking you to make a recommendation so that, you know, we can enjoy it. And when I leave with my date, we're both leaving with a big smile. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm the experienced wine drinker. What do you have for me? Yeah, beautiful. Okay. You know, I think uh, for a red and just like an older red and the ageability of it, I like to go back to... We're going to go a little bit older than um, 10 years. Uh, we're going to go, let's see, it's 2019. Let's go 14 years. Okay. Uh, Lopez de Heredia, Vina Tandonia um, from Rioja in Spain, okay. um, 2005. <laughs> wow. This is a beautiful wine. Mm. This is actually the wine I drank before I took my exam with my grandmother okay. <laughs> shaking like like shaking the glass because I was so nervous. Mm. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful expression. The Tempranillo in there is just, it just really shines. Mm. They like to use new oak on their wines, but the finesse on it is just, it's there. It's ready to drink. I think 05, personally for me, this wine is still showing well. Mm. Um, I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just got this like kind of tobacco gentle tobacco finish to it like a like a like when you're smelling a fresh cigar mm. um a little bit of a, of a just like a ripe perfect berry mm. um some of those like fruit notes will dissipate away and you're gonna get secondary notes like more earth mm. maybe some sage in there mm. maybe just a little bit of like oh my gosh like i'm like old dried out like leaves right, like okay. kind of that quality of earthy wine <laughs> mm, right mm. um maybe having like a little bit of a wet consistency sorry it's mm. been like a right, almost right. a year since i've drank this wine. right right okay um, well. but still it's it's a it's a really beautiful wine um every time i've uh that one time that i've had that and then i had it once before, different vintage. It's still been a really beautiful wine. Mm. Um, I'm sorry I'm giving a terrible representation oh, of no, this. No problem, no problem. <laughs> um, so we can try something else that's really fun. Mm. Is We'll go back even a little further. I opened this one up recently, and I surprised myself on this one because I was, I was a little hesitant to, just because the 90s have been kind of a weird, were a bit of a weird time for Bordeaux. Right. Yeah, it really was. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but a 95 Chateau Lagrange. Okay. That was one in a few years in the 90s. That was a good yeah. Bordeaux year. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. and um, so just something that's uh, two years younger than myself. Right. Um, um, okay. It's a really beautiful wine. Um, I decanted it. I let it breathe for about 10 to 15 minutes before mm. we got it into the glass for the guests. And mm. he was completely fine with it. He mm. understood. We had a great conversation. He was like, I want to go for uh, I want to go for this 85 co, but I think <laughs> I'm just gonna go with this what this 95. And I was like, you know, this 95 Lagrange might be just what you're looking for. Mm. The acidity in there, I kid you not, was just as bright as a brand a new vintage like 2018. It might as well have been tw like the acidity of a 2018 rosé. Like mm. it was just bright shining like a star mm. and it really like it set me back for a second mm. like you know when you feel a tingle in the back of your head because you're just like ah <laughs> that's wow. what that wine was for me i mean just like like 
plum, like mm. blackberries, a little bit of green pepper, that humidor, wet earth. Mm. I mean, just like like saturated soil, just like that was the wine. Mm. And it might even be my like, aha wine. I think about it a lot <laughs> these days, okay, actually. Cool. And we ran out of it. And so now <laughs> I have to figure a way to get more. Well, well that's probably was, in a bunch of people's cellar by now. I, so private, yeah. private collections. Mm -hmm. things like that. So just quickly to go back to the uh, Rioja that yeah. you mentioned uh, for our audience. Uh, yeah. I know you mentioned the Tempranillo, but that particular wine, was it uh, strictly Tempranillo or was it a blend? So they'll do blending right, in okay. Rioja. So, so that, that particular one, was it a blend or... Um, I imagined it. Okay. I, gosh, you don't I, recall it. Ooh, I don't recall. Okay. I do want to say that they do a blending. Right. Um, it'll. It, they do have to do a minimum of. I think at the DOCG level. I'm sorry. I need to refresh myself. <laughs> uh, Ninety-five percent Tempranillo. Right. Uh, Eighty-five percent right. with fifteen percent Garnacha blended in. Right. So right. there is or Garnache blended in right. there. Okay. Um, but most of the time, Rioja and Spain in general is a blending region. Mm. They're gonna blend a lot of their wines. Single mm. varietal is something that you can find, but a lot of the time they do a good right. amount of blending right. there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now we're going to talk about uh, as the sum. Sure. Uh, we, you know, I like to make the joke that you're the guy that uh, that tests the hemlock before you give it to the customer. Right. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. That's the joke. You, you're willing to you're willing to test the hemlock before the customer gets it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't uh, want you to die. I'll, be, I'll die first. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's what the psalm does. Test the hemlock. Yeah. Uh, among, amongst your job description. Uh, so in in your day-to-day uh, -day duties. Uh, and, you know, when you're kind of choosing something for someone or if they uh, ask for something in sure. particular, uh, what, on, I guess what, uh, what percentage of the time would you say that, you, you know, you, you uncork something and you, you give it to taste and it's, and it's not up to par? How, how often does, this, does something like that happen and, and you have to kind of, you know, if it happens at all? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, how, how many times, how often does that happen and you have to kind of let the customer know that, you know, that's not something uh, that's up to par right now, and we have to move with another selection. Well, definitely if I've ever opened a bottle and it's been corked, uh, that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Got to take that bottle away immediately. That wine is faulted. It'll never be good. Mm -hmm. um, I've only had one instance of that, and I'm so sorry to Thomas Pasizak because <laughs> I just poured it for him, and he did, I didn't even smell it, and I poured it for Anna, too, and as soon as they smelled, they are like, yeah, this is corked. We can't drink right, this, right, and right. I was like... I'm so sorry. Mm. I did not. I didn't even smell it. I was so nervous that day. Um, I'm sorry, Thomas. Anyways, um, that I've never had an issue with a wine with a guest where they didn't like it. Mm. <laughs> I know that maybe sounds too good to be true, mm -hmm. but I haven't had that yet. I haven't had a table um, except for actually there was one Chateau Tradition. Um, Oh, I'm looking at it right now. 2007 Chateau Neuf du Pop. I'm sorry. I'm uh, Chateau de Pegu. Uh, mm. Chateau Neuf du Pop. Um, 2007. The gentleman was. It's. It can be a bit of a woodier mm. kind of like chalkier, uh, more like mineral-driven wine, mm. in my opinion, and a bit higher acid. So mm. I decanted this wine for him, and I let him know that I'd be pouring it slowly, just because. To, just to give it some time, just to breathe and develop. Mm. I think that's so important sometimes right, to right. get oxygen to the wine. Mm -hmm. um, 
to allow it to transform. It, mm. it, it will transform. It is transforming in the bottle. The second you open it, it transforms even faster. Mm. Um, and at first, he was a little apprehensive, and I, I thought to myself, oh boy, here it comes. This person <laughs> is not going to enjoy Uh-oh. this wine. Right, right. And as we continued on, and as I was pouring it for him, uh, he was like, this wine has changed so much for me, and I'm in love with this. Mm. And he, he thanked me, and he was like, I'm so glad that I just listened and just like gave it a chance, mm. because this wine has really made me happy. Like, it's a happy wine. And mm. I, was, I was really excited about that. Um, on the by the glass, though, I have had one table that she, it took us a little bit to get the wine that she wanted. Right, right. Uh, I had to consult many times because I thought that I, I thought that I had done something wrong. I was like, mm. I just want you to enjoy something. Mm. We got to find it. Mm. And finally, she settled on this Casa Cadaval Padre Pedro. It's our, it's one of our wines that's by our happy hour. It's a really mm. good, easy drinking wine. Mm. It's Cabernet based, uh, mm. coming out of Portugal, uh, made with a little Terriga Nacional, and Drejadura. Uh, just a really beautiful wine, um, easy to drink, just mm. straight to the point. Mm. You can chug it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's what I need, chuggable wine. Okay, good, <laughs> yeah. good, good, yeah. good. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the uh, Chateau Nerps myself. Yeah. And I uh, think uh, some of the, the nicer ones that I've had uh, reminded me of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, it had the, uh, the finesse of a, uh, of a nice red burgundy and the power of a Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. So that's, for me, that's how I like to describe the, 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 uh, the Chateau Nerfs to my taste. Sure. You know, so, you know, a little different, a little different with everybody, but yeah, you know, that, that works out. You know, that works out pretty good. So now, outside of your uh, being a sommelier, when you are just kind of enjoying yourself with friends or family. Sure. Or just kind of, you know, on a day off or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you're, you're out to, you know, to dinner or wine or hanging out or whatever. How do you order? So now you're the sam. How do you treat people when you, you know, how do you approach things for your own taste when you go out? Sure. And uh, let's say here in New York City with the wonderful uh, myriad of choices that we have for wine. Oh, yeah. So how do you, how do you approach that as a, as a customer versus being the, the psalm? Yeah. How, what's your approach when you go out and have a good time? Well, I get lost in the wine list right <laughs> off the bat. It's okay. kind of, uh, I like doze off and I feel so bad because most of the time, um, actually, I'm lucky enough that my boyfriend, he's really into drinking wine with me. And so um, whenever we go out to eat, he lets me pick and sometimes he'll pick the wine, which I always get excited about. Um, But I always feel bad because I lose myself right off the bat in the list in the wine list and i'm just gone for so much time and um actually on our first date we went to um uh terroir in tribeca right right and i was like oh yeah let's do champagne and i started like reading and i was like oh not that one no (laughs) no not that one not that one Uh, okay that one and finally i picked it and he was like you're gonna pay that much and i was like yeah, it's a good wine. He's mm. like, I'm like, you're going to like it. Just trust me. Mm. Um, and also, like, I put no pressure on psalms or servers mm. or 
anyone right, right, when okay. I'm out to eat. Okay, that's that's I, what I was getting at. I wanted to make yeah. sure. I wanted to find out if you, as a psalm, that when you go out on your own, if you if you are overly critical. Yeah. Or, you know, because I would imagine that could be easy to do with yeah. the knowledge that you have. So. Yeah. You know, I. I chose this path because I had a passion for it. Mm. Um, I have no ego behind it. I'm okay. not. I'm not better than anyone else. Okay. I just happen to be nerdy enough to read about this stuff right, right, okay. and really take pride in it. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean that everyone has to. You know, I know nothing about architecture. I can't really <laughs> speak to it that much. Right. Um, but I know there are people that can, and when I need them, I'll ask for them. Mm. Right, and I think that's the same thing. So. I'm always polite. I've I, I've been a server. I've been a bar, I've done it all at right, this point. Right. And mm-hmm. so for me, I just treat service staff with such so much respect. Mm. They deserve it. All of us deserve it. Mm. We work very hard, and we genuinely care for you. Like mm. when we're serving you, mm. um, I love cheat like, just like, kind of throwing psalms off and just like, being like really goofy and funny about wines, just mm. because. I need it to be relaxed. Like right, right, I like yeah. to make it relaxed for guests, and I I think that that's the most important thing. Actually, funny story. Just the other day, we have Pepe Andres uh, Pulsard Pinot Noir from the Jura. Mm. It's so amazing. It's it's got this nice funkiness to it, just bright like strawberry cream and cherry up front, mm. and. The way that I sold this to my guests, I was like, you know, like Pinot Noir is cool and all. It's like a nice, like, it's like a nice pair of loafers. But like with Pulsar, that's like Gucci loafers. <laughs> like it's a really cool wine. And yeah, they were yeah. like, you know, we're going to go for the Gucci loafer <laughs> wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like to make it fun. I think that this is, it should be fun. We're mm. here to have a good time. Mm. Um, 100% though, I... I, most of the time, I never even say anything. I, I, I feel weird. I'm not going to bring it up. The only time I have ever was when I was at, um, oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, it's this cute tapas spot in a downtown. And I was with my mom, and it was with uh, for her birthday, and uh, with my mom and my aunt for their birthday, excuse me. And... Um, he brought us over a shot of sfumato for each of us. Mm. Uh, have you had sfumato uh, before? No, I haven't had sfumato. Before. So it's uh, it's a rhubarb amaro, mm. but they've uh, smoked it, mm. and so it has this very like smoky, ashy quality to it. Mm. It's like brown water in a glass, <laughs> but I love the way it tastes. And he brought it over, and I could like smell it for like the second he was behind me. I was like, someone ordered sfumato. They have that here, <laughs> and. Mm. Um, we and the guy was like, um, "How did you know what that was?" It's like no one knows what that is, mm. and I was like, "Oh, well, I, I work at <laughs> I work at Morel Wine Bar. Yeah, I'm right, a psalm right. there, yeah, and okay. and I and he was like, "Oh my gosh, why didn't you say anything?" <laughs> it's it's not like I go into a room and I announce myself, okay. you know. I just I like to be very modest about it. I think it's um, it's a, uh, it's more of a personal thing, I okay. guess. Yeah. All right, so we'll take a little break now. Uh, We are here today uh, at the Morel Wine Bar, and uh, they also have an adjoining wine store Mm -hmm. at the location. They're located in uh, Rockefeller Center in New York City, and uh, they're close to the uh, promenade 
on the uh, Fifth Avenue side. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with New York City and uh, probably seen the uh, ice skating rink or the uh, Christmas tree on television or in a movie. Or uh, even Good Morning America. Or even Good Morning America, <laughs> right. They're, uh, they're right there. And uh, Rockefeller Center mm-hmm. is a very, uh, very amazing place. I've uh, worked, worked, over, worked here over the years in, in different, uh, different buildings. And uh, it's a very amazing, amazing architectural structure, even uh, for that particular time when they built it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have an actual underground city where they have a post office and many restaurants and many different shops. And uh, you probably can go from, uh, from Boston uh, to Washington, D.C. Uh, via rail. And uh, between uh, places like Rockefeller Center and, and places in Boston and Washington, you can, you can do pretty much whatever you need to do without even going outside. Yeah. And then Rockefeller Center is, is part of that whole... Uh, part of that whole experience yeah so uh, once again uh, if you could tell the audience once again the uh, wine that we're enjoying today in today's one bottle at a yeah. time podcast yeah absolutely so Serge Galois Premier Cru Blanc de Blanc okay yeah all right wonderful yeah. so now getting back to our conversation uh, wanted to uh, one, uh, find out if you've if you've had any occasion to uh, visit any uh, particular vineyards uh, in the old world or the new world in so far in your in your SAM education, has that been a part of your part of your education, in, or you know, or even just a part of your wine uh, your wine experience? Have you had occasion to do that? I have to be the worst SAM in the world because I've only been to one vineyard. Okay, <laughs> it sounds awful. I'm mm. I'm. Ooh, I'm making it a priority this year, this fall. Okay. At some point, I'm either going to Washington, to California, to Oregon, maybe all three, or I'm going over to Europe. Um, mm. I'm in the process of getting this trip planned out and put together. This sounds terrible. Mm. I've been to Thomas Jefferson's <laughs> uh, vineyard at Monticello, okay. and actually, it's it's fair it's fairly beautiful. Mm. You can really see the structure of it, like a, tradu- a true vineyard. Of course, I've been to other of other wineries in Virginia. They do make wine mm. in Charlottesville, in mm. that area. It's a very mountainous area. A really nice kind of uh, I'd like to say continental climate. Mm. Just like we have four seasons there. Mm-hmm. Um, it in the spring, it gets a little bit warmer sooner. Higher humidity towards the end of the summer. High humidity in the middle, just generally hot. The falls are cool and wet there. Mm. Um, some really cool Viognier and Cabernet Franc coming out from there as well. Hmm. Um, oh my gosh, I want to say this one, uh, Blenheim, uh, Blenheim Vineyards in hmm. uh, Charlottesville. Hmm. They're making some really wonderful Cabernet Franc. Um, I personally enjoyed it. I haven't seen it at restaurants. I've definitely seen it in retail before mm. um, in that area. It's a very small uh, production, but okay. their vineyards are also beautiful. So I guess technically I have been to a couple, but I haven't been to any in the old world. Right. Okay. Yeah. So now yeah. from your, uh, uh, I guess your, your, your tastings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously in here in the United States, most of the wine uh, growing region attention goes to California and then I would say maybe after that, uh, uh, Oregon, yeah. uh, especially the Willamette Valley and, yeah. and Washington State, yeah. you know, very known for their, their high quality wines. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about uh, wines that do come from places like Virginia or other parts of the, 
uh, the, the United States, the continental United States, because from, from what I understand, there are vineyards almost in every state. Yeah. So, uh, but obviously everyone doesn't get the same, uh, you know, level of, uh, of uh, acclaim and attention that uh, the West Coast vineyards uh, uh, do. So sure. What's your, what's your take on that? Sure. You know, in New Mexico, they're making some really amazing sparkling wines. Mm. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. I'm going to remember it in just a second. Let's go to the Finger Lakes, for instance. <laughs> right, the okay. Finger Lakes, they're making, there's some amazing Riesling that's coming okay. out of there. Mm. In fact, Empire State Riesling, we have it on our list here by the glass right now. Okay. As well as their Vinny, which is their Riesling sparkling uh, canned um uh, it's a German-style Riesling mm. sect mm. Uh, or sparkling wine in a can. It's beautiful. It's nine ounces of, go- of gold and glory. I mean, it's mm. amazing. It's easy to drink. They looks like a Red Bull can. I was right, drinking right. it while <laughs> I was going to a New Year's Eve party. It was fun. Mm. Um, I, I, it's a really fun drink. We have it in a cocktail here, too. Um, I love spritzes, and I love drinking vermouth. Mm. And so I put a little bit of Barra in there, um, some orange bitters, and a little bit of rosemary, and you have the Vinnie B spritz in. It's a beautiful drink for sitting outside and casually enjoying a nice spring day. Um, the Empire State Riesling from the Finger Lakes. Again, some really beautiful concentrated wines, wonderful acidity, a really nice amount of like white flower quality mm. to it. Maybe honey on the finish on the nose and just some like fresh citrus. It's a beautiful wine. Um, and oh my, oh, Gruet. There it is. Gruet from New Mexico. They're making some amazing Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier sparkling wine wines. Mm. Uh, sparkling. Sh- Sparkling wines, not champagne. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, now, obviously, that would be that. Uh, that would be uh, North Central New Mexico. I would say, right? Yes. More than likely, yeah. right? Yes. Because as most people, New Mexico is <laughs> primarily desert. Sure. Right, sure. Right, yes. Right. right. Yes. So that's that's in the mountain reaches as you approach the uh, Colorado border. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. 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 Um, really beautiful wines coming from there. I mean, Texas is making wines. You have wines coming out of just across the border from Washington into Canada. So they're mm. making some amazing wow. wines there. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, here on Long Island, uh, we're just we're like a mile away from it. Right. Uh, four or five miles away from it, from mm. Long Island right now. Mm. Um, they're making some... Uh, I, that sounds ridiculous. Mm. I'm thinking of Brooklyn. I'm sorry. <laughs> New, New Yorker. But uh, Long Island, they're making some really beautiful wines. Channing Daughters, their Cabernet Franc, again, featured here on our list right now. We like to support local. Right, okay. And um, their Cap Franc, light, juicy, some really nice green pepper on the finish. Mm. Beautiful wine. Just straight to... Again, straight to the point. Like, it just... Perfect Cabernet Franc. Mm. Um, so I think that these other regions that don't get as much notoriety as that of California, Washington, right, Oregon, right, right, right. They, they're coming up. Mm. They're coming up. And I mm. know that we're going to see more of them. I mm. think the biggest issue is, is like physically like making enough right, wine right. to distribute out, right? right? right I mean, right. there are certain small producers that you're going to find at the French Laundry that are making some amazing wines mm. that you won't find anywhere else. And it just so happens that the French Laundry is right there in Napa. Right, so right. they get to get those wines. Right, they can pick what they... They get to pick at a litter, so to speak. Exactly. Right, right, right. The early bird gets the word. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so I, I think that um, it, it goes the same for us over here. You might not see Channing Daughters mm. 
over in California. Right. But yeah. you're going to get to see it here on different menus in New York. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, because there's always uh, an argument, uh, like I said, for places outside of the West Coast mm-hmm. as to, ah, I never had that. I don't know if I want to try it. Because uh, yeah, I guess not? a lot of people look at... Uh, you know, obviously California with the with the Mediterranean type climate, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of people just kind of they think of Texas, or Arizona, or and, oh, it's too hot, it's too humid. You know, I don't know if that's going to be some wine that's going to be good for me right away. Sure. But 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 as you said, there are some hidden jewels yeah. to be found all, all over the place. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go back to uh, your duties as a psalm. Sure. And uh, it's a nice spring day here in New York City, yeah. and I'm uh, I'm with my uh, with my girlfriend, and okay. we just you know we just kind of walking around, enjoying the the sights and the people, and you know as in New York City, one of the things that you can do is people watch, <laughs> right? Because oh, so many people everywhere, and we uh, nah, we just decided to grab some quick. Some quick bites mm-hmm. for lunch, you know, nothing, nothing special, nothing fancy, you know. And we were just walking by, and now we're in Rockefeller Center, and we walk by uh, Morel Wine Bar. We just and we keep walking, and then she turns back at me and said, "Hey, let's go in that place and get some dessert." Yeah. And I said, "Okay, all right, let's do that. Let's yeah. let's let's go in there and get some dessert." You know, we already had a little lunch, so they come back and they and they're gonna have dessert. They're just gonna, you know, they go, eh, you know, your 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 waiter brings them the menu and the setup and everything and the bread and they said, ah, we just want to, you know, have a little little dessert and, and some wine with it. Sure. You know, so uh, you know they're gonna have a, you know, let's say something that's really, uh, let's say she's gonna have something that's really chocolatey, mm. you know, a dark chocolatey type, you know, dessert. Yeah. And let's say he's gonna have something more on the uh, more on the apple side. Okay. You know, something apple peary. Sure. You know, something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so what would you recommend? You know, yeah. we're, we're asking you to uh, pair, pair wine with our dessert. Yeah. yeah we're, just, we're, just, we're just on an adventure today. So yeah. give us something to go with our dessert. What, what would you like to, what would you say you would like to pair with them? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess starting off to me, the apple tart. Uh, so we have an apple tart to tan on our menu. Okay. Uh, beautiful traditional French dish, mm. uh, crust with apple caramel cooked into there, and it's served with vanilla ice cream. Mm. Um, I think of a white wine right off the bat for some reason. Okay. Um, I really like the specific one that we have on the menu right now, Clos de Bartissade, Marsan Chenin Blanc. Um, blend and um beautiful wine it's got this kind of phenolic bitter finish to it but it starts off like martinelli's apple juice Mm. and it's just refreshing there's an acidity and just just a tad bit of like an apple juice sweetness, right? Like mm. bitter, but kind of sweet. Mm. Um, that goes along with that caramel quality. And I don't think for me, like pairing sweet and sweet is way too much. Like okay. I, I don't All like, right. I don't like drinking sweet anything. It's just way too much for me. Like, <laughs> um, like drinking Spatlacer Riesling for me is about as sweet as I go. Right, Anything okay. past that, I'm like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so, so you were drink, you were eating the apple tart, and we got you that beautiful wine. And then your wife, your girlfriend, is looking for something chocolatey. Okay. Cool. So we're gonna move to maybe like a fuller red to go with this chocolate. Red wine and chocolate to me just sings. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Mm. Um, nothing too tannic. I wouldn't want to do that. But something that goes really nice with food. Yeah. Bordeaux. I, I, I think a Bordeaux would be really cool with it. Kind of uncon- unconventional. Mm. But Chateau Lanassan is a beautiful wine that I think would complement that. Okay. It's a Cabernet-based wine. Mm. Of course, in Bordeaux, they do quite a bit of blending. Right. I have to get the correct percentages of it, okay. um, uh, of what they've blended into it. However, it's a beautiful wine. It's got, that, it's got a nice freshness to it mm. that I think will, uh, and the acidity that'll cut through that sweetness of our molten lava cake that we have. I mean, mm. <laughs> melting chocolate right, right. and wine. <laughs> Who would have thought right, that it right, would go right. well together? But right. I really like those two together. Mm. Um, it's a really, it, it's something dense with something light, but that still has a good body to it. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe um, we have Domaine du Pelican, Tres Sauvage. Um, mm. Really beautiful wine as well. Uh, this is a Gamay. Mm. Um, it's got a it's got a little bit of a funk to it, but still like like right. a nice funk, you okay. know. Right. Uh, but refreshing, light, juicy red wine that's ready to uh, that's ready to go. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I really like that wine for it too. Okay. So you could eat. You could, I I think a lighter a lighter red would be great with it. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Sounds good. So now you mentioned uh, you know your 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 taste when it comes to sweet wine, kind of stops at the. At the Spotleys. Yeah. So, uh, you know, question. I, I uh, quite a few people I know. Obviously, Germany's known more for the for the whites, you know, sure. and, and the Rieslings in particular. Yeah. But uh, never really met anyone, I guess, that that really, you know, kind of told me about an experience they had or had an experience myself with a uh, a German red. Sure. That they found to be, you know, outstanding. Yeah. So, uh, is, you know, is that something, you know, you can kind of give us some information on, on uh, from your experience, you know, since the, the whites in Germany are so much, you know, uh, held in high esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give us a little information about some some German reds that, that may uh, catch the attention of, of some people in that audience? Yeah, absolutely. So Schwarzburgunder is a, you'll see that, Schwarzburgunder, Burgunder being from Burgundy, and okay. Schwarz, Pinot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a Pinot Noir. So okay. the red coming from Burgundy, okay. the Pinot Noir <laughs> is what we can uh, right. assume that that's going to be. Mm-hmm. But we know that that is what it is. Um, I personally haven't had a lot of reds from Germany. Right, actually. right, I've right, had right, right. maybe one or two um, uh, when I worked at Brenner Pass, there was, they had a sister restaurant, Metzger. I tried one of their red wines. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that I didn't try. I'm sorry. I tried more than one of their red right, wines. Okay. But they had a red wine. I want to say it was a Spätburgunder, but I can't remember. I've had more Saint Laurent and um, just like that style of wine mm. um, more so than like uh, those lighter reds. Mm. I know that like Spatbergunder is going to be very um, 
it'll be very light and delicate. There mm. is going to be a strong mineralness to it mm. from the one that, from what I can remember, just because of the soil type that it's growing in. Um, Germany tends to have quite a bit of uh, slate mm. and in their soil, um, and I know that Pinot comes from clay. I can't think of a specific producer, but I know that clay and that. Um, and that blue and that slate are two things that are common in Germany, and so I can assume that the Schwarzburgunder would be growing on that. Mm. Um, so I can imagine that the flavors would be really bright, uh, acidity would be high, and there'd be like a slight kind of like petrolish quality okay. to it. All but right. I personally, I'm, I'm <laughs> so sorry to the listeners, I haven't had, I haven't had petrol. Much. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's a little scary. Yeah, <laughs> a petrol quality. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's a little scary. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I get nervous to say these words, but it's like what it's like what hey, I hey, hey, it's, it's what you it's what you taste. Yeah, everybody has what they taste, and yeah. they have you know their way of uh, their way of explaining it. So yeah, you know that hey, petrol is petrol. So yeah, <laughs> it's I okay. mean riesling like it right. sometimes will smell like gasoline to me, and okay. I'm like that's to me like the more gasoline smell I get out of it, like I'm more excited for it like right. I, it's it's crazy i know but i love that smell okay yeah right. just right. like in mezcal like when you have a nice like pechuga and it smells like motor oil <laughs> oh my gosh i'm losing you know my that's mind. you know that's the good stuff huh? yeah it smells like motor oil huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool so well, let's go way south yeah from germany okay and we'll go to the home of uh, Pinotage. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a lot of a lot of arguments with that. Yeah. Uh, South Africa. Yeah. Uh, particularly uh, the Cape. Yeah. And uh, you know some of the wines that they that they do there, but you know I, and obviously to my you know my in my wine experience, mm -hmm. Pinotage has been kind of the dominant uh, wine that I've tasted from there. I've had sure. a couple other things, but uh, you know. The, the Pinotage. So, just wanted to get your take on on some uh, some things going on in South Africa, and is that is that anything that you offer here on your list, and just your general kind of uh, view of uh, South African wines? Sure, something soon that we're going to be bringing in. Actually, it's this really beautiful uh, Cabernet. It's a it's a Bordeaux blend. Uh, sorry, I want to say it's a Bordeaux blend, but it's it's Cabernet Syrah Merlot that's blended into this um, and it's coming from four separate parcels and again this producer is escaping me I can see their card right now mm. I can't see the name of the producer okay. um, ugh, I'm terrible it's no problem no problem you can <laughs> uh, one of the things you can do is uh, you can you know obviously once you get the information you can get it to me oh yeah and yeah, yeah. I can I can always add it to the show notes oh yeah so Perfect. you know when listeners uh, you know when they when they listen to the podcast they can view the show notes and We'll list it on there. Yeah. So. Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So from like that wine that I had, it just it um, it it smelled of like in the best possible way. This is how like for me, wine is like it should shoot me back to a memory. And mm. I remember when I was younger, and I'd go to. Uh, I was in Costa Rica. I'd see my grandfather. He he built uh, boats in Costa Rica, mm. and he. Uh, I went one. Uh, most boats, when you go on them, there's like a certain smell to them. Like especially inside, it smells like clean, but like mahogany and lacquer all at the same time. And 
not that that's a bad smell. Mm. It's just a very <coughs> comforting smell to me. And so I remember like smelling this from this wine and I was like, oh my God, it's so like, it's like a hug on the inside. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like really brambly berry, a little bit of like, like, a, like when you go like to a really nice leather store and you smell mm. like a nice leather belt and like black pepper wow. thrown into there, but just in like, it, it had a really dense color to it, but some really beautiful finesse on the finish. The tannin structure mm. was amazing. Mm. It was a well-integrated wine. Mm. Uh, and again, once I get that to you, I'll let you know. I'll get those notes okay, for you. Okay, Sorry right, about that. Okay. Um, uh, I have had a few Chenin Blancs in blind tastings, and those pictures, I'd have to go way far back mm. to get those. But uh, Chenin Blanc from South Africa is really nice. Um, some Chardonnay from South Africa is really nice. I personally, mm. I don't like Pinotage. So <laughs> I just, I just don't like it, and I'd rather, yeah, I, I, I'll drink something, yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, you know, more power to you. Keep trying that Pinotage. <laughs> so fun. that, oh wow, okay, and that, and that's a hybrid too, right? That's a yeah. hybrid, right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, and it, it, it's just kind of. Just kind of funny how certain, uh, I guess, uh, uh, winemakers around the world, depending on their geography and, and their climate and things like that, mm -hmm. you know, they take certain grapes and they, I guess, they, they thrive, mm -hmm. you know, in, in certain uh, parts of the world and they, they decide that they're going to kind of make that their, their main yeah. thing. So, uh, you know, it's particularly in, in, the, in the new world. Yeah. And uh, well, so even in the old world, very classic wine. Right, uh, right. What's right. a wine that any right. person will always ask for right, right off the bat? Right. Okay. Cabernet Sauvignon. Right. Cabernet Sauvignon is, to me, one of the most historic, like, uh, wines that have been. Uh, why can't I think of this word? Um, uh, uh, not fusion wine. Um, like Pinotage, it is a wine that is uh, a hybrid wine. Right, right, right. right so. Right. Cabernet Franc, Sauvignon Blanc, these are the parent grapes of Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm. That is a true, uh, I, guess, I don't know if you would call it a hybrid, but those are the parent scrape. And I think of it like that, like Pinotage is Pinot Noir and uh, uh, Cinso. Uh, right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Cinso. And so those grapes come together to make Pinotage. Right, right. And so Cabernet Sauvignon, just like that. But here in the United States, uh, back to your point, sorry. <laughs> what oh, were you saying about that? Oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I just wanted to get your take on South Africa. Okay, oh, so, yeah, so, sure. so, so we're going uh, gonna to take a, a quick break here. Yeah. So once again, today we're at the Morel Wine Bar uh, in Rockefeller Center in New York City with uh, Andres Garrett, who's the uh, sommelier. And uh, we'll be right back. I can let the whole world know the deal. Oh, oh, oh. You 